Good morning, afternoon, or whenever you're listening or watching our podcast today, uh, episode 189 of Do More of Your Money Podcast Act. It was 188 last week, 189 this week. Yeah, well over a year over podcast. So welcome, everyone. Got a got a great podcast today on uh, state pensions and your retirement. And actually, quite an interesting one from an advice perspective. We've brought Donald in from a technical perspective. But when we're giving financial advice to a client, specifically around retirement, um, you always are looking at state pensions as a yeah. as, as an area of, that you need to consider <clears throat> as income. And I think, Luke, what, from your perspective, it's a question you'd always ask from an advisor yeah. when looking at planning. Yeah, so look, when you put forward a plan for a client who's maybe going into retirement accumulation stage, it's really important to look at things like state pension or, or any other income that's going to come in. Mm-hmm. You might have rental income, you might have NHS pension, final salary pensions coming in at certain times. So for a financial advisor and, and looking ahead throughout retirement, we always do cash flow forecasts to age 100. Mm-hmm. We always assume that clients live a long and happy retirement. You need to look at what that income is, how it's going to be paid, what age is going to be paid alongside how much you look to spend. So look, state pension, it's 10600 each if, if you're a couple or you're married, 10600 times two. So it's a, a good amount of money increasing in line with inflation. So it's really important to build that in when you're doing a projection forward for retirement. Yeah, and I think, Donald, we'll, we'll get across to you on that because... It's interesting from a client perspective is you don't naturally just get a state pension. And lots of people maybe think that. And there's, if you could just talk about the mechanics behind how potentially you get a, a state pension, actually what it is. Yeah, it, um, thank you. State pension is really like what Luke said. It's something you need to consider within the overall financial planning. It, um, essentially, it's a scheme provided and administered by the government. So it's set up to pay regular income to pe- most people, not all people, most people that have reached state retirement age. Now, the state retirement age and your, retire- and your retirement age are two different things. They're not the same. The state retirement age is actually set in legislation and it can be different from for any one of us in the room. So, like Lucas said, the, your, because your re- re- um, state retirement age doesn't mean you get the full pension. You must have qualifying national insurance contribution or credit. And you, for you to get the maximum, which is about 203.85 pence, um, per week, you need you would need to have saved about 35, 35 years essentially yep. of national insurance contribution and or or credit. And I think it's a, it's important if you if you haven't seen it already, you can get a state pension forecast online. You can see what your pay, your state pension age is Certainly and how many can. credits you have. And and I've I've had discussions. I've actually got a discussion with a client next week who who took um, three years out for um, having children. Okay. Um, and, and this lady wants to discuss whether you know is it worth buying contributions um okay. and, and these are these are things to consider when it comes mm-hmm. into retirement even if you're getting closer to retirement as well uh, it's also considered that you do have to fill out certain forms as well if you've if you've been pregnant before and you've took maternity and you can actually to qualify for that yeah you can fill out a form and that can and you won't be disadvantaged for that so people under if you if you have had a, a child in the in the past it's worth to, to consider that if you've took maternity it's bit. good to get forecast yeah. and it's easy to do just go to gov.uk yeah you can get that again pretty much done and get the forecast it pretty much tells you three things mm-hmm. what your state pension will be when you will qualify for it mm-hmm. and whether you can do anything to actually boost it if you can. Mm-hmm. It's not all the time you can boost it, but if the single tail, like mm-hmm. I talked about, that's currently ongoing now, you might not be able to do it because the additional state pension yeah. closed in, in 2017. So you really can't add to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we've, like you've said, if you've had children and you've missed some contributions mm-hmm. or you've contracted out in the past, yes, you might be able to, you know, add more into your pension to, to actually boost it so they can get the maximum 35 years qualifying earning. So it's good to do that. If you don't want to do it online, just send the BR 
I think it's called BR19 form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you like, and um, if you like the uh, Royal Mail, so you can pop that in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if, if the, yeah, you can I've seen the BR19 form. I would certainly recommend you do it online, but it's, it is an option. It is. So uh, that's an option for you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's always encouraged to, to get a forecast done. Yep. It doesn't cost anything. And yeah. just pretty much tells you exactly where you are and what you need to do. And, mm-hmm. and I think this is, you know, part of the planning process, especially when couldn't advice legal, I'll come across to you. So, this is one of the considerations when you're looking at, you mentioned your retirement date and then state retirement date in terms of what you're set. And a lot of people might go, well, I don't want to retire till my state pension kicks in. And and when you consider from an advice perspective, you may wish to, you know, draw out slightly more income out of a personal pension, mm-hmm. which will reduce dramatically when your state pension comes. And that maybe yeah. allows you to consider that earlier retirement. Mm-hmm. Is that something you yeah. looked at, Luke, before? So a lot of clients I speak to may have an idea of, of when they want to retire, which may be before state pension age, for example, if that's 66, 67, they may want to retire at age 60. Most people, when they retire, they'll have more time, they'll spend more money than what they spent when they were working, so they might spend more on holidays. And we'll develop a plan and say, look, this is your expenditure, and this is how you can draw it efficiently from your, your pension, your ISA and your GIA. Then we can take it up to age 67, when you'll get your state pension, your income will come in, you might be a bit old, you will be older, you might want to spend less on holidays, your expenditure might reduce. At the same time, you're going to have this good level of secure income coming in. So it's really important to sit with your advisor, establish how much you spend, when you want to retire and, and build that journey really of taking from your assets. And it's likely that you will need more when you first retire, you can reduce that as you get older. It's part of the planning process. I think this is the key. This is a, you, you can't solely rely, and we'll talk about that in a second, but you can't solely rely on your state pension. Now, you might be able to based on your income, but it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's part of that retirement piece to consider Correct. when you're um, when you're looking at your, your retirement objectives and, and mm-hmm. what you want to do. Don, is there any, I think this is one of these areas that I, you know, even I get confused by the, the, the amount of um, press, especially around budgets and things like this, around pensions and specifically with inflation as, as it is. Um, you know, this is something that where it's discussed at government level. Is there any changes that we're expecting to see? Because it is managed by the government, as you said. It is. Yeah. It's all state pensions are under the administration of mm. the government. So it's provided by them, administered by them. Mm. So what that essentially means is you have less control over what happens to state yeah. pension. So in terms of there are a few changes, you know, coming in play in terms of, and they can be grouped into three different areas. Mm. So in terms of age equalization between men and women, before mm. it used to be men was 65, women was 60. Yeah. But now anyone getting into retirement right up, right up to, if you're taking, if you're, you know, if you're retired now, mm. so it's whether you're male or female, it's 66. So you're, that's your, mm. pretty much your age in terms of that. Mm. So that's kicked in. So in the old, under the old rule, so that people take, that's people taking their state pension age, um, state pension mm. before 1960, mm. um, before 20, to, to, people born in 19, um, before 1960 and taking it before 2026, mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah. Now, you're under the old rule, mm-hmm. and the old rule is different from the single 10-year rule that's going now. So yeah. under the old rule, the, your, your your weekly state pension is 154, 20, I yeah. think. So, which is quite different from the single tier for 203 that Lucas said. Yeah. So you're able to get that. So that actually changed that a bit in terms of age equalization. Yeah. So if you equalize the age, then in terms of simplifying the complexities within the pension rules as well. Yes. So those are the, that's another change that came. It's just mm-hmm. to change it a bit. So before that, it's easier under the old rule. It's difficult to know exactly what you're going to get. Even if you get a state pension forecast, it, it's diffi- It's a lot difficult to it, work out because there are two t- two different things yeah. under that. So you have the basic state pension 
and you have your additional state pension under the old rule. Now, your additional state pension has three different schemes under that. Yeah. So you have the SERPs, that's what we call the state uh, yeah. earning retirement pension scheme. Mm. You have your state second pension and your state pension top-ups. Mm. And those kicked in between, between 1978 and right up to mm. 2017. So whether you've contributed into one or two or three, no one knows exactly what you've done. So a state pension out with a state forecast for you, a state pension forecast will not yeah. help you at all. It's a funny one, Donald, because it's you, you. You wonder why you know why you need pension advice when you when you you consider yeah. the amount of changes that's happened to pensions over that over a period of time. But you know, we just we're just looking at you know we're just looking at state pension here yeah. uh, as an example. But you know, we're talking about retirement age before, so you'll have a retirement age for your state pension. You potentially have a, if you've got a scheme pension, so you've yep. got a final salary or, or career average scheme pension, yep. that could be a different age to yep. your um, to your other pension. Yep. Uh, and then if a personal pension, it's it's obviously currently fifty five, but it's it's going up. Going up so well. I this is where the I think this is when the planning piece comes in well, which is you know getting some guidance from an advisor, speaking to us in terms of going well actually. When does this level of income phase in, and what dates and what years does this phase in? I think the the, the next thing to ask, and Luke is. Is this enough? Is this enough to retire on and what should yeah. you do? So it's when trying to work out how much you need, maybe on top of the state pension, it's really important to look at, as you said, Jimmy, when you want to retire and how much you spend. So, for example, there's been research on that uh, somebody who's single may spend roughly £23,000. If we assume that they retire at age 67 with a state pension coming in, that's going to leave a shortfall of roughly £12,000 a year. Mm-hmm. If we use something called the 4% safe withdrawal rate, can use something that way where you can try and forecast how much you'll need on a, a safe withdrawal rate where you should be able to take that from the pension without seeing that depleting value. You'll need a pot of roughly 300000 to take that 4% every year. But that's why it's really important to sit with your advisor. That's a very straightforward example where someone will retire and get the state pension at the same time. What's more likely is you'll retire maybe before or after state mm. pension age. There'll be different zones. There'll be different times where you might need more or less from your assets. Yeah, so it's really important to try and get some cash flow forecasts done and you can try and establish how much you need. Do you have a shortfall? Do you need to start putting more into your pension and your assets before you retire? And bringing Haley into this one, because the government has identified this. They're, they're aware that the state pension potentially for a big portion of the population isn't going to isn't going yeah. to cover you know you know we're very lucky to have it but it isn't going to cover the expenditure so they brought in uh, something called open enrollment which many uh, workers across the uk if not all have, have been auto enrolled into a pension scheme uh tell us a little bit about it Haley. yeah so it's basically yourself and your employer contributing into this workplace pension it's five percent from an employee and 3% from the employer as a minimum at the moment. Well, I say 5% from the employee. It's actually 4% with a potential um, 1% top up from tax relief. That comes off directly from your wages and straight into the pension pot. It's it's a good way to start saving in your retirement from a younger age. Mm-hmm. So I think before I was enrolled into a workplace pension, started working in this industry, I had no idea what I would need for retirement. And when I was told originally, it was like, what on earth, like how on earth am I expected to, to save that amount of money up and things like that? If you look at just sort of the national living wage, so it, it's quite a, a common wage across the UK at the moment, you, you're only actually going to be contributing less than a thousand pounds a year into a pension. So it still doesn't kind of make up the gap that you've got between the state pension and what you actually need, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, and I think the earlier you can do it, the kind of earlier you can start saving it and enrolling yourself, 
the easier it's going to be with like the, the years it of is. work. It's that effective compounded, isn't it, Luke? I think mm-hmm. it's something I've always said is if you the younger you are and the longer you've got a retirement, yeah. if you have more money at that start age, you put more in, mm-hmm. the effect of obviously compounding, which is basically a growth mm-hmm. year on year, yeah. on year, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it? we know there's been volatility with the markets recently, but as we know, the longer that you have as an investment time frame, say 20, 25, 30 years, you might think that's a long time, but even when you retire at age 60, 70, you've got a long investment horizon and the longer you have the more likely you want to benefit from that compound effect i think it is and we, we've touched around this and it's worth watching the morning market videos and and also the other podcasts from our investment management colleagues because yeah. markets have been a bit volatile um over the last sort of 12 yeah. to 18 months and and this is where you consider when you're looking at your pension planning you know what's the time you've got to mm-hmm. in, until retirement but actually it's it's beyond retirement just just yeah. remember that a lot of clients ask me to go, well, I'm retiring next year and my pot's potentially dropped in value. Mm-hmm. What does that affect? How does that affect me? But just just remember that it's pro- it will be invested for you know, probably 20 to 30 years after retirement until the date of death. Mm-hmm. So this is the areas you've got to, con- you really need to think about. When I look at clients' money and in, looking at an investment, unless they're going to be investing for five years plus, it, they shouldn't be investing. That's yeah. really a key point in talking to clients. And then that's, you know, just to add to that, in terms of you have to look at your retirement journey as a, as one part of a whole. Mm. So we're talking about the state pension part of it. So that's one which we've touched about. Haley talked about auto-enrollment. So that's another key one yeah. in terms of mm. when auto-enrollment started. I mean, between 2010 and date, it's pretty much added 30, 30, mm. almost 33 billion into the pot. Mm. Now, there's just to quickly mention to that, there was a private members bill that was passed mm. and it's now being enacted into law just to, you know, pretty much just to, you know, make auto-enrollment, you know, easier and also you know available for younger people as well mm. so the yeah. the minimum the minimum minimum earning limits that it was about ten thousand mm. pounds yeah. will be abolished so that'll be removed so mm. no matter what you earn at all you'll be able to your employers will have to alter and rule yeah. you yeah mm-hmm. and also the age as well is dropping from 22 to 18 yeah. which is quite good yeah mm-hmm. so wait that's probably not going to start until april 2025 but at least it's entrenched in law now, so which is quite good. It's a great, it was a great initiative. And I think it's it something is. for me in terms of, of pensions and, and what we've done for pensions over the sort of last few, you know, the last 10 or 20 years, yeah. that that is one of the big initiatives that I feel has really helped and supported retirement. Really you know, because I think what it does for an, uh, for an end consumer is, yes, you're saving. Yes, you're also getting that contribution from your employer, but you find with um, with it coming from your wage straight away, you just you kind of don't really notice it, but yeah. it can make a huge difference to your retirement. A huge yeah. difference. Absolutely. So it's, it really is a it really is a great initiative that government put together, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and there's many more savers across the UK. It's not you know it's not something that was new from a, a you know perspective. You look at Australia, New Zealand; they've been doing this for many years. But it, you know, I think it was a really great thing that they implemented and. I think from a even from a personal perspective, I've noticed a big difference in, yeah, in what I do. So I actually um happy slightly more as an yeah. employee contribution. I know many firms will do matching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do that at true potential. So it just makes a, a big difference uh, yeah, to, to your end pot. We normally would call it free money from your employer. Yeah. So why not take it's, it? Yeah, exactly. It's free money from the employer and free yeah. money from the government from to a tax fair, perspective. A lot of businesses yeah. actually put this out as like a company benefit. Yeah, it is a benefit. Um, yeah. When you, when they're kind of gaining new staff and stuff, mm-hmm. it's a will yeah. match what you're putting in as a, a benefit. It is. It's, it's not just that, this is what I keep saying, it's not just the, the percentage come from your employer or your, or the government. It's the growth year on you. Yeah. It's the compounding effect of that can mean to you yeah. uh, moving forward. Right. Final final question from, from our perspective, because we talked about planning another 
you know, do you think the state pension is going to be around for the long term? I think this is a this is a question I get asked quite often. I, I think it would be a very brave government, um, personally, yep. to to stop state stop the state pension. And I, I think if they if they were to do it, it would be incredibly unpopular. Um, but it's it's an interesting one because a lot of these changes, you know, it's it's not change for change sake. In fairness to the government, it's changed because we're, in, we're you know in terms of the demographic, we we live a lot longer than we used to. Um, you know, people are working for a lot longer. I think it's if you retire earlier than sixty-seven, you're quite young typically these days. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got colleagues here that are, I've got. We've got a financial advisor. All his financial advisors, eighty-four year old, um, a great guy actually. So, and he's still actively working, loves the job. So, I think it's an interesting one. Do we think it'll still be there? Or do you think we'll just see some more tingling? I'll, I'll go with you, Donald. Well, it. I mean, it's an interesting question, mm. but to answer that, I pretty much need to look. But I know we normally would say mm. past performance is not a good pre- yeah. predictor of their future outcomes, but state pension has been around in you know for almost 115 years. It started in 1908. Mm. Now, when it started, the average life expectancy then in 1908 was 42. Uh-huh. But you can only get your pension when you're 70. And that was five shillings, the equivalent of 20 pounds. When you were 70. Oh, when you're 70. Yeah. So essentially, one in 50,000 people probably wouldn't even get that state pension. Yeah. <laughs> so backtrack, so roll forward to 115 years. Yeah. Life expectancy average is 82. Yeah. But you can get your state pension early. Yeah. So that needs to change. So the evolution of pension in the last 115 mm. years, which we've pretty much put, you know, turned on its head mm. but have to something's got to give mm-hmm. and it's all about funding mm-hmm. now state pension we know that obviously it's tied to national insurance contribution mm. so which is one of the essentially one of the benefits that's got yeah. funding it's got it comes from but the funding itself is pretty much called it it's it's like a promissory note it's unfunded is it I think this is it, the key you know there's not a big pot of money sitting from so your savings it's yeah. actually my national insurance is actually paying for you're taking from the younger insurance. population yeah. mm. To pay the retirees mm. and telling the younger population that the same thing will happen to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we know what has happened now. It's moved from 65. Now I'm, I'll be 67 when, you know, mine will be 67. Yours will probably be 68 or, or mm. 70. We, ne- we don't uh, know. You're not that much older than me. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In terms no, of, we're talking about in terms of all the changes that happened. Yeah. So yeah. I would say it's got to evolve mm. and it's got to evolve correctly. Mm. Will it be here in the next 20, 30 years, 50 years? I think it will. But what will we get in the next 20, 30 what years? What will it look like? What would exactly, yeah. no mm-hmm. one knows. But, I mean, it's going to be a brave government to actually, you know, yeah. scrap it. Because, I mean, Lord George will be, tre- you know, I don't know whether you guys know Lord George, the guy that started pensions yeah. in 1908. Yeah. I'm sure he will turn in his grave if yeah. anything happens <laughs> to it. But I think it's going to, yeah, there will still be an element of state pension in in future. But I would always say make it a secondary backup. It's yeah. not your primary. I think this is, it, yeah. your is personal it? pension, what true potential investment offer, it should really be yeah. something like would be your primary because you control what goes in, what comes out, and trustees and administrators work for uh, your benefit as well. So why not make that your primary and make maybe state pension yourself? I always say save like think I know you it's it's difficult. I'm not, I'm not big, but if you if you aim to have enough money and save enough money without it, what my my sort of look on life is that potentially that state pension comes in and I, and I do get that. By the way, I'm agreeing with you. I think it will still be here. Yeah. I think it'll probably increase in age. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure even at 68 I'll get it. I think I'll be more yeah. 70 personally. Yeah. But I think from my perspective, if you, if you think about saving without it, 
the key about a pension product is it's a very great inheritance vehicle for people now. That's so correct. if a, eventually if it does come through to me, then actually just my children will inherit more, more money in the state. Yeah. So I think that's the way I kind of see it because what I don't want to be is caught short in retirement, which is I know can be difficult, but if you think that from a younger age or even, you know, from my age, yeah, it's, it's something that you really consider actually what do I want, how much do I want, how much do I need to save? That's correct. I think you're probably there. Yeah, I would agree, Donald. It's, it's very expensive to yes. keep, I think, you know, billions it costs us. It's protected by the triple lock. And if we look at that, there's a lot of discussions on will that change? Triple lock, obviously, CPI, national earnings, and, and two and a half percent. So the state pension increased by 10% in April 2023. And it's yeah. going to increase by eight and a half percent next year. So, or later this year. So, look, it's, it's very expensive to, to upkeep. So we will probably see some changes there. Can we yeah. afford it with the, the drastic increases in inflation that we've seen? Probably not. Mm. Hopefully, there will still be something there. I think it, it will be relied upon for many people. So it would be very drastic to, to get rid of it all together. But you'll probably expect some changes there based on how expensive it is Great. for the, the government to keep. Okay. Haley, what's your I views? I think people should just plan to not have it. Like it just not rely on it. I think if you've got a comfortable kind of investments or savings put behind you by the time you get to that age. Like I'm twenty eight now, so my kind of retirement goal is looking at what I can personally save and what comfort blanket I can put for myself without having to rely on that because realistically what 75 78 mm. this is going to be by the time I like I certainly Who don't want to be working my, my until probably, I'm 80 years of age 90 by time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I don't want to be working until I'm, I'm that age I yeah, think for kind of the younger generation or kind of 30s and so I would just say kind of plan and not have it and then anything mm-hmm. that comes in additions are nice to have isn't it yeah. yeah brilliant well thank you very much uh, everyone for your contributions today um once again speak to the team speak to your advisor uh, if you do want to know more about this um so thank you very much please do like and subscribe um in the usual way thank you have a good evening or morning or whenever you're watching thank you thank you Cheers.